We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Miami Heat Beat Podcast. First podcast, not post-game show, of 2023. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have the pre-game and co-host, Kenny. What's up, Kenny? What's up, man? What's going on? It's my first time working with our other guests, man. I'm pretty excited about that. What a, what a big day. Ethan Skolnick's return to the podcast. Ethan Skolnick of Five Reasons Sports and of many other things, host of Five on the Floor. <laughs> Insider, NBA insider, Ethan Skoldick joins us. I'm just sitting here copying from other people. You're just, you're just sitting, here, <laughs> sitting here with no sources, just making, just throwing That's shit all I'm doing. Yeah, just make it, just make it shit up. Um, welcome, guys. Chat, chat's already asking about trades. We're gonna get to that in oh. a second. We have, we have the information guru on, but we would be remiss. So today we're gonna do a little bit of midseason report card for Miami. If you want, you can check out Ethan Brady and 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 Leif's pod on that. Over on uh, over on five on the floor, and you can catch Hangover Time on the Five Reasons YouTube channel, which is tomorrow, by the way, against the Bucks. So check that out live on the floor. All that good stuff. But Ethan, Dwayne Dedman hit a table, and a massage gun flew. I don't understand if it flew on the court, if it flew in the crowd. First thing, can you give us details on where the massage gun ended up? I'm not sure. Um, that's going to be auctioned off with the 15 strong cards, I think, yeah. in one of the future Miami Heat auctions. To help pay for the luxury tax, uh, they're going to sell sell off the massage gun. Uh, we had Norris Cole on our podcast today, and he hadn't seen it. So, like, right, be- <laughs> right, be- right before we went on, I said, Norris, you really do need to see it. I sent it to him. He goes, oh, that's not good. I said, yeah, that's not good. Uh, he's like, you going to get suspended for that? I said, I think they hope so. Um, <laughs> in fact, that was a conversation we were having after the game last night. I was talking to Ira and a couple of the others, and we're like, you know, I think they want him to get suspended because actually that does save the money against the luxury tax if he's suspended by the league. Uh, so I think they'd rather that the league do it. Um, I, I look, I it's it's been frustrating with him this year. I know you guys have had your own issues there, uh, but it, it it it's been it's been frustrating with him. I mean, he was a good addition two years ago. Uh, last year he was so-so at best. Uh, this year he's been an abomination. There's just no way around it. Like, I mean, their their numbers, you really could argue that if Eric had, had – this is the crazy thing about last night is that 
Deadman was upset for being called out by three straight possessions that were basically his fault on defense. In the zone. In the zone. And yet, like, the whole reason they have the record they have is because Spolstra has stayed with him so long this year because <laughs> he's trusted the veterans. So that that's the crazy part about this is that, like, Deadman's upset. I think he got being passed on for minutes and everything else. I mean, literally, this team would be seven, eight games over 500 if he hadn't played. I, I, it's really that simple. The numbers don't lie. Like, they just had to survive the BAM minutes. I mean, our Brady Hawk is the nicest 19-year-old in the entire nicest world. Nicest guy in the world. And, and he simply does not want to say that this guy has just sucked this year, but he's pretty much just said that this guy, he's just been awful. There's no way around it. Kenny, and, do you remember mm-hmm. when Brady tweeted something mildly disappointing at Dwayne Dedman? We all in the chat said, Brady's turned on Dedman. <laughs> it's over, bro. I mean, he's had an agenda since then. It's it's uh but but it's an accurate agenda. There's yeah. just there's it's and so Spolster always will trust the veterans longer. He he kind of rewards them for past performance. I think they, they really appreciated what he did a couple years ago. Because remember, there was one playoff game against the Bucks, he was the only guy who like played. Uh, and, and now he's, he, he's, he's unplayable. And so that's kind of where they're at with it. So, uh, I would expect, you know, whatever the league decides to do, I haven't seen it, but I would expect that the heat will handle something internally. Uh, I don't think he's going to be banished, but obviously January 15th can't come soon enough that. Yeah. That, and I think, I don't, I think the Spurs aren't at the salary floor yet. You correct me if I'm wrong, but there's teams that there's moves to be made there to, right. to get rid of that. Then, and it, it is a nice, sizable contract to add to things to, to kind of cobble up. Uh, Ken Boners in chat said, I'd rather Haslam play than Deadman. I don't know about that. I, I think maybe. maybe you maybe don't know about that? Listen, Rohan, Kenny, Rohan has been like, I'll give you D like five minutes. Yeah. Because I don't like, and you everybody know. knows I'm the last guy who wants to like pile on people, but Deadman, uh, there's no, there's been no redeeming quality this season. <laughs> no. And There's been none, and so in fairness to him, he's dealing with the plantar fasciitis. Yeah. So, like, obviously, like that's going to contribute, you know, especially at his age. Although, Ethan, do you know that he's Hassan's age? I know that's insane to me. <laughs> he had me wanting Hassan this year, which you know me. That Ethan, takes a lot. Do you think that the reluctancy to play Orlando Robinson was a bit of like? Hassan PTSD. Oh, Why is what? Yeah, I'm sorry. Something was going off about. No, you're good. You're the, good. the reluctance to play. I, I, that was so, that was subliminal. Uh, <laughs> the reluctance to play Orlando Robinson. What was Hassan PTSD? <laughs> I'm not even joking because I. Well, it, they don't have to it pay felt him that yet, way. Me? They don't have to pay. Him they don't yet. have to pay him, but like they, I don't know. Like it, it just felt so obvious that this guy, and then like he'd get yanked for one mistake, right? Like he'll have a turnover, and then like he'll get pulled, and then Deadman comes in, and then Deadman has. Whatever that was against the Lakers, where he's holding the ball, complaining, he gets stripped, <laughs> and then he gives the guy the middle finger on his way down after a failed charge. I I, I think it's what I said. I think it's just yeah. that Spolstra is always going to cater to the yeah. veteran in that situation. Um, I, I I don't think they they like Orlando Robinson. I mean, there's nothing negative that I've heard there, um, and I think Heat fans would like him again until the Heat decide to lock him up for four years at seven million <laughs> or something like that. But I, I, I look, they have to move forward. Uh, without Deadman now, I, I think that was the breaking point. It's been leading to this, but it also shows you the danger of signing a player to be a contract. And that's essentially what they did. They did not plan on him playing this much, but I really wonder if he was this upset about losing some minutes to Orlando Robinson. Now, I wonder how he would have reacted 
if Yurt had stayed healthy, because I think the plan all along was for Yurt to get those minutes this year. They they did not anticipate Denman playing these kind of minutes. I've had conversations with them about this. So, you know, it, 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 I think in the future it might make them caution, uh, give them a little caution in terms of paying a guy just to be able to get to a certain salary number for a possible trade. When they've done that, now it happened with Myers Leonard, and now it's happened with Dwayne Denman. In both cases, the whatever whatever use the asset had beyond just the contract went away. And so I, I just think it's, it's a dangerous way to do things. I understood why they did it. You know, sometimes it's just math. It's just like, okay, we got this, we got this. We Especially because they were an over the cap team. Like, correct. So that's just, is what it is. But I mean, but look, the old depot contract, you know, at proved over the cap has proven to be, you know, quite valuable at this stage uh, to them. And I don't think they're moving it now, but so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. The Leonard, the, the Leonard, the redacted contract, I should say, got them, Got them Ariza, so it's like it, 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 that. So that served its purpose. Whether or not Ariza panned out was they got a guy who played for yeah. them at a position of need. And yeah. to be fair, he did play well at times. The playoffs was just a disaster. Yeah. But that was a bad, <laughs> and that was a bad matchup for him. I think we all knew yeah. that. Yeah, that, that they were just a little too big for him. So, um, so yeah. So, I, I, so while we're on the topic of synergy, I'm glad that you brought that up. So they did. It, it felt like we were talking early preseason. It it felt like the job was Yurts to lose, and the, if Deadman played, it was it was kind of a disaster because that would mean that that your loss. So they, this totally they did not none of they saw none of this coming. No, no. Oh. I, they they is this they Dion really all over that. again? Like in terms of his like sneak injury or who's that? Dion, a uh, Yurt. Like in terms of like this injury, like no, I no, I no, I don't think it was Dion. I just think it, it's something that happened in camp, and they, they it just you know I didn't think he was gonna have surgery for it. I don't think they thought he was he came gonna out have of nowhere. For it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he needed surgery. I mean, he was fine in camp. I mean, he was talking basically about starting next to Bam, if you remember. I and do. Then, and then they tried that for one preseason game, and I don't think that would have lasted very long anyway. But he, but he would have been a useful player for them this year. And and I, I really wonder now what his role is going to be in the future because I feel like the opportunity was now. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But he's a bit of an older player for a developmental player, which tends to be what they have because whether it's Strews or Vincent. Uh, they tend to have older developmental players uh, because they're players who've slipped through the cracks and bounced around a little bit, and then they get something out of them. We'll see what your is in the future. I mean, this is a lot of things that haven't gone right for them with depth this year. Like every possible depth play they've made, with the exception of what Oladipo is doing now, uh, has basically backfired on them. And a lot of it's not their fault, but it's it's just the way that it is. And now they have basically like what five dead roster spots. Like it's it's very it's very difficult going. I mean, I'm wearing a shirt that says we have enough. And it really should say we, we no we don't. <laughs> I mean that's what it should say. So Heat this year, we're we're twenty. They're twenty fourth in offense, which is man such a disappointment. I think we all thought they'd struggle, but not that much. They're eighth in defense. So an Eric Spolster team is going to sleepwalk to to top ten defenses always. And as far as net rating, they're nineteenth. So they're they're minus point five. So still not positive. You know what I mean? All these they're, they're still winning by one or two points every damn game. I, you know, let let's keep it with the centers. That's kind of where they are at the season and I think that's kind of accurate to the level that they've played. Um they've been about a 500 team with some bad luck and they just can't create any separation. Let's keep it with the centers. Ethan, I'll go to you then then uh then Kenny. So, we talked about the other ones. You know, Bam has I think become the best player on this team. I mm-hmm. think that that leap, I don't know if you want to call it a hop or a leap, that step has been made this season, and I don't think it's going back. Maybe in the playoffs, you know, Jimmy, obviously, as we saw last night, 
he has a different kind of gear to him that I just don't think Bab could get to yet. But I think for the course of 82, and I don't know if the organization sees it that way, you know, Bab to me has been their best guy and, and is their best player. Well, he's available. And I say that as he's missed the last <laughs> game. He may miss a few more. Who knows? Uh, but that to me, that's the single biggest thing. And look, I, I asked Jimmy the question last night about what it's been like for him, you know, having a different crew pretty much every single night. And, uh, you know, and he said, uh, have you ever, I said, have you ever been through a season like this? And he said, nope. But of course, Jimmy's a part of that too. I mean, Jimmy basically yeah. plays two out of every three games. Uh, Bam has been more durable than that to this stage. But yeah, I mean, I think when you look at everything that he's asked to do for this team and control things uh, on defense and then also his aggressiveness this year, I keep saying this. There has not been a press conference this year where Bam has had to say, I need to be more aggressive. Remember we would hear that yes. like pretty much every week. <laughs> um, so so it, that has stopped, and I think that is the biggest indicator that we're just not hearing that noise anymore. Do they feel uh, that way me, internally, was, though? Like uh, the organization feel the like? Organizationally, they're very happy with him. I can tell you that. And again, he's at 16 shots a game. The goal was 15, so he's crossed that threshold. I, I think they like the free throw numbers to come up a little bit. But I, I never cared about the three-point numbers. I never thought that was real. That's a late career thing for him. I don't think that's now. I think it's more like Bosch uh, when he kind of entered that stage. So I think as far as what he's done, I don't think he's had his best defensive season, but it's still better than pretty much everybody else. And offensively, I mean, he has go-to moves now. He has go-to spots on the floor. He did not have that before. Um you know, I, I still think we have to give Jimmy a certain level of credit here. So I'm going to say one and one A. Uh, but Jimmy, Jimmy has to play. I mean, Jimmy has to play. And I, I do think he's going to play more the rest of the season than he's played to this point. Um, they've gotten past most of the stuff with a knee. The back was bothering him too, which wasn't really talked about a lot. He does not like to talk about injuries, which is to his credit. Uh, but also, you know, I, I do think when you are the franchise player, which Jimmy is paid like the franchise player, and they are so reliant on him in so many ways still that I, I think this idea of kind of managing a player and hoping that he'll kind of turn it on for the playoffs. I, I think they were a little arrogant about that this year. That's my opinion. I, I they're not good enough to survive one guy in one guy out. And I, I said this, uh, you know, with Norris today, you know, if you look back 10 years to the 12, 13 team, Seven guys on that team played at least 70 games. That was crazy uh, to me when you tweeted that. And, I and, couldn't and believe it. played 69. Yeah, we used to nice. bitch about Dwayne not playing enough. Norris played 80. Um, something happened here. And, and, and Norris says, well, the injuries are legitimate. He's not going to trash the Heat organization. Um, I know that. But, like, I, I do think there's been a turn here in terms of this. I think COVID caused some of this it became acceptable for guys to be in and out and to expect your coach to figure it out because it just was, you didn't know who was going to play from night to night. Now that the COVID thing has kind of in the past, at least in terms of availability for NBA players, I don't think it's changed back, honestly. But and, you're, uh, you're saying that, right? Who's, who's making those decisions if not the coach? Is it the players? Well, it's the coach along with the trainer and it's an organizational decision. And I, I, I just think that they have trended more on the side of caution this year and not having a guy have a long-term absence, which I understand. Uh, but also here's the other thing. And this was said to me by someone inside the organization. And this is not a criticism of Spo, but obviously things have changed over the years from Pat to Spo and even from Spo to Spo. Okay. But the teams don't, they don't practice as much anymore. And I That's actually think that thing. But I think that is leading to more potential injuries, uh, or could be. I'm not a physician. I'm not a physical therapist. I don't. I, but I'm just saying, like, it could be leading to more because then you're going full speed. The pace. This is something else that was mentioned. The pace is faster than it was in recent years. 
Um, and so, not for them. Well, yeah, they're the one team that's not. But they actually have to guard the guys who are running fast on the other side. Although sometimes they, they muck it up, dude. That. They muck it up. They fucking zone in <laughs> no, and up they and everything. Try. I, I, I know they do. It's hard to watch sometimes. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of where we're at. Is that you know they just simply don't. Um, uh, you know, sometimes you're going from zero to sixty. Uh, a lot of times, and I, that may be leading to some of the things we're seeing. Now, some things are freak things. Bam things. Bam's thing was a yeah. freak thing. Uh, Tyler's thing was kind of a freak thing. I mean, this this stuff happens, but it just seems like it's happening a lot more. Like we're accepting it a lot more. Like this guy's not playing. Like Kyle's okay, well, out with knee discomfort, and I'm sure if it was the playoffs, he'd be playing. Kyle's out with with the fact that you know he had to carry the minutes early in this yeah. season, um, and I don't know how that's worn on him now in his performance, but. I, I haven't heard that the knee is particularly serious. I, and Caleb's situation, we, we've gotten no information on that. Yeah, so I, I don't even know what happened with him. Yesterday. Yeah, what is, what is his injury anyway? I can't even remember. Is, is it a hip? Is it a... <laughs> yeah, it was just something. I, don't, I looked <laughs> at it, I was like, that's interesting, and then kind of moved on. I mean, he had the Achilles problem before. Um, I, I thought Caleb's play had tapered a little off lately. I agree. And I, I get, yeah. this, is, this is part of the problem with this team is that the way they are structured, they have asked guys to do stuff totally out of their comfort zones. And that's good for development to a point. But ultimately, I do think it's led to some of the, the problems we've seen. I think Struess's dip in shooting. I think Struess 100%. Mm-hmm. Ma- well. Martin kind of falling off a cliff. Gabe falling off a cliff. Like Guys are being asked to do things that I don't know necessarily that they were equipped for. It's like... I feel like if they had one more guy, it would slide everybody else down to where they should be. You mean a real power forward and not Caleb Martin? <laughs> Correct. I, I mean that, that. I mean, I mean that's that's the biggest thing that they needed. But I don't know that PJ would have provided that for them this year. I think that's an assumption that. I, I think know. they made the I, right move, Kenny. I know you're. Yeah, right. no, P, yeah, yeah. PJ's been bad this year for one and two. You don't want to lock yourself into that contract, no. and especially, and especially within the context, if you want to, you don't want to sign PJ Tucker and take yourself out of the Kevin Durant conversation this summer, right? Right. And so, I, I, I don't have any regrets for the PJ thing. Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, it, it was Caleb or PJ, basically the way they described. <laughs> now we can discuss if they were going to use the luxury tax. If they're going to go into luxury tax. They might have been able to do both potentially and use different vehicles to get that done but i think the if way, they're for the parameters sure they were working with that was the best they could do but even like the conversation of like mickey's not gonna dip it bro if they're like at the one yard line of a title they're gonna pay the tax if they have to i, yeah. I don't i don't think there's a doubt I, I don't think mickey's gonna pay for a maybe you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like what this team is but I, I think that's been a little unfair the way that he's been painted We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash wire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, 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 to an extent, um, I, I, I agree with you on principle of that. I think that he'll pay the tax if he feels And then you'll tweet out Carnival stock. <laughs> well, I mean, Carnival stock is Carnival stock. Not, I mean, look, obviously it's not direct correlation yeah, to yeah. it, but, but it, it's, it's in the background here. And the FTX thing doesn't help either in terms of imaging for this. What happened with that? I saw that they just made a, so they, the, I think the, the arena just has no name. They right They just now. have, so what's it called? I mean, we're calling it FTX still over there, but I don't. Is the is Eric Reed gonna still call it the FTX Arena? I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Is, Eric. The, is are the logos out gone? I, that's I'm just well. Saying. It's off the. It's off the front of the building. It's off the front of the building. Yeah. I do love that sign on on uh, on Biscayne Boulevard. Once you're closer to Design District, where it says AA Arena and with an arrow, and I was like, <laughs> no one just changed that. <laughs> that forever. Uh, Kenny, real quick, yeah. kind of circling back to Bam, I was, we'll change topics. Do you think that he's kind of taken that that next step as the best player? Yeah, 100%. And like you said, part of it is availability because Jimmy's just been out. But I also think that he'd have been making an effort to make him the best player. We understand Jimmy's getting up there in age. And we know what Jimmy can do when he when he flips the switch. But it seems like they're, it's a, a real effort to get Bam involved every game, get him scoring early. It seems like he's involved in every action on offense. And so I just think now that's he is the best player. And I think it's intentional. I think Jimmy's taking a step back to him at times when he's out there as well. And he's I done think it to Tyler. Credit to Jimmy yeah. for that too. Which I I can't mm-hmm. imagine Ethan is very fun for Jimmy. No, I I, I think because they'll I, run I, like late game stuff for Tyler, not Jimmy, all the time. Like it's well, really... I, I know, and I think there has been a transition here, and I, I do think we have. There's a little bit of a dichotomy with the Bam Tyler thing and the Jimmy. Kyle thing and I think that has been kind of hanging over them I don't think the relationship between Jimmy and Tyler is bad I don't I, they had issues a couple of years ago that I knew about I don't feel that now um, but I, I do think that there is always going to be a passing of the torch situation and you know they, they, this organization has kind of been pulled in two directions there's a Jimmy timeline and there's a Bam Tyler timeline well the Jimmy timeline only works if you put the pieces around Jimmy that's going to make it work and now that you really haven't done that at least this season to capitalize on this part of his window, that's when we start pivoting and saying, okay, Bam and Tyler. What is so weird about this year is that you've gotten the individual growth from Bam and Tyler that you wanted. And Caleb. And, yet, and Caleb. Yeah. And yet the team isn't still like 
treading water. And that's that's what's fresh. And Jimmy's been really good when he's played. So it's it's that's the tough part of this. Is there's been no catastrophic injury. There's been no major slippage from any of their pre, pre, premier guys. Kyle's another conversation here. But like as far as those three, there hasn't been. And, you know, that's that's the deal. So I, I, I just think that that's what has made this such a confounding season. I think it's made it hard for Heat officials to kind of figure it out because they can't get their full group together. But as we know, sometimes the full group never gets together. And, and at times the full group hasn't looked so good when it was together. I actually thought the Brooklyn game is the best that they've looked together in a while. I, I was more encouraged by that loss than I've been by a bunch of wins. Like their energy was good. Their connectivity was good. The defense looked finish. good, even though the, yeah. the Brooklyn scored a point, such a point that they were, they looked like themselves on defense. Yeah, they did. And, but it's just sustaining it. And now that you have Vic back, like <clears throat> performing at this level, you have kind of the team you thought you would have. So it's just a question of getting them on the court and getting them to play well together. And again, that has not happened uh, consistently enough. And it's been a very frustrating watch this season. I mean, other than Tyler's three, I guess Utah, there are a few moments, but um, what I always say about Riley teams is like he made basketball matter in this town and typically seasons matter. And they have to do something to make this season matter. Cause right now this is one of those seasons we're going to skip over. Like we, we, we skip over the season two years ago. Like we just, it's just one year. Yeah. It's extension of the bubble. Yeah. We thought we had excuses. Nobody's going to remember Trevor Reza played for them. It's just one of those years. They've had a few years like that. Okay. Like even, like the Dwayne last dance year, if it wasn't for Dwayne's last dance, well, that year would have been utterly forgettable, right? At least 16, 17 was memorable because they had the 30 and 11 run, but they've had some years. 14, 15 was utterly forgettable. Uh, 2001, 2002 was utterly forgettable. They've had those years that you're just like, okay, uh, let's just get to next. This feels like a get to next season. And that's why I wonder if they are going to make a significant move at the deadline. I don't think they know they need to, they need to shuffle it. They, and it's it's going to be hard at the deadline, too, because there are like 22, 23 teams still in the mix for the playoffs, and there's no like clear title contender right now. So I, who's going to trade? Who's not going to trade? Like They don't really know that right now because we don't know which teams are going to try to tank. It's getting late in the game. The Pacific Division had three title contenders coming into the season, the Suns, the Warriors, and the Clippers. They're all at 500. They're all at 500. So – like and they've I, all I, lost to the heat and they've all lost to the heat um speaking speaking of moves i wanted to talk about Kyle, but we can, I, I think this is a nice transition but before yeah. we kind of get to that if they make a move what does that look like because i think kenny we've talked you know they need a four <laughs> and that might a, a four that can play a four that can play the wing and maybe a little bit of small ball five that might you know you may not get your pickings kind of going into the deadline considering that's probably the thing that everybody needs memphis needs everybody needs one um so i don't i don't even know what a deal looks like for them ethan maybe it's swapping duncan's Mm -hmm. deal for somebody else's deal like they did with tyler johnson and ryan anderson it's like a shuffling of crap of crap contracts and then you know you whatever you deal with it later you wave and stretch you do what you got to uh they don't i don't know what they do with that oklahoma city pick that's protected that's been really the thorn in their ass for as long as i can remember um what do you think a deal for them looks like this this trade deadline um i think that they're going to try to swap out duncan for sure I, they will explore kyle i believe um i don't know that that's going to lead anywhere yet I, I think that's more of an off-season thing um 
I, I think that obviously Deadman's contract is going to be in there. I know people want us to mention specific players. We can mention 50 players right now. We have on the podcast. But, again, I, I don't know who is going to be movable and who's not. Like, Bogdanovich is a really interesting name. A lot of teams are going to be in the mix for Bogdanovich. I, I, don't, I don't really see the Heat having what they would necessarily want. Um, I, I think when you look at, you know, we talked about guys like Marcus Morris, but I think it's more likely that a Covington, you know, or something like that, uh, which is more of an Ariza move, you know, in terms of from the Clippers. Uh, Dallas is a team. I know there was a report about this today. Greg's been reporting for a couple of weeks that they've been in conversations with Dallas about a whole bunch of different things. Um, they're, they're talking to a, a lot of different teams. I, I think when you take a look at, uh, you know, the Jay Crowder thing, I don't think that's dead for good, but I think that Phoenix may have other options that they would rather pursue there. So, I, I mean, again, I know everybody wants us to pinpoint the particular trade. If you look back at the trade from, you know, the, the bubble year, Crowder and Iguodala, like we had talked about them liking both of those players for a long time, but the trade itself kind of came out of nowhere, you know, and, and in, in terms of the pieces that they moved when it was waiters and Johnson's contracts, which we didn't think they could move and Winslow because they finally gotten tired of everything with him behind the scenes. So I, I, I just, it's, it's hard to gauge. I do think they will make a move because there is recognition. A couple things. One, that the fans are tired of this team this year. Okay. And I think that does, I think that does matter to them. Not the Twitter stuff, but I think generally there's a lack of it's, it's the deflating year. But I also think that they recognize they're not going to tank as somebody very high up in the organization said to me, we suck at tanking. So they're not going to do that. And so I think at the very least, the goal this year is stay out of the play in. Okay. Try to give yourself a chance to win at least a round and see what happens. If the whole group comes together at that point to do that, they've got to get a power forward. So they know that. So I, I, I think that that is probably where this is going. But as far as sacrificing a ton of assets, the biggest asset I can see them sacrificing is one pick. I, I don't I don't think. What about Caleb? Pick. That's well, a guy on a good contract that's playing do, well. I, I would be more. I think it's more likely that they move Gabe or Max. Honestly. I think Max I know, makes sense. I don't think Gabe has a ton of value right now. Well, the contracts don't make sense. Well, Gabe is a backup point guard and a contending team, but who's a contending team? I, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but if you're if you're not planning, here's the thing: if you're not planning on extending both of those guys, okay, and I don't think they'll extend both. I think they might extend one. Um, and I thought it would be Gabe, but now I'm coming back around to Max. I'm not entirely. I was with sure. you. I was with you it, earlier because I thought Gabe would just come more convenient. Yes, but now I think I may be more max. They don't have a lot of shooting in the system right now, so I don't I don't know. And I feel I they are attributing Max's drop off this year to too much being put on his plate. So when they start doing that, I get the sense, but they're not giving him a Duncan What's Duncan's there. excuse? Well, Duncan's excuse is there's nothing on his plate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. I, I had an agent tell me that Max is going to get ninety million dollars. That's fucking like, crazy. He's playing. From who? <laughs> And I'm like, the I don't Knicks. think so. And he had gave it about half that. And I said, no, I said, I don't. I mean, power to to Max if he can get it. Great dude. But like, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this: they're not going to do that again. Like the Duncan experience, even though Max is a more well-rounded player than Duncan, the the Duncan experience has. You know, we we all know Pat really didn't want to do that contract. So you it know, made he, sense because they were like over the cap, and you figure there's no way this guy just sucks, right? No. I know. Yeah, after the two years he had, there's no this drop off. We would have never. Like, I I can't. Is there Ethan? Is there a precedent for what the fuck had happened with this guy? 
Um, not one that I know of. I mean, Davis Bertans, I guess. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, I guess Bismack Biombo is the big man equivalent. But like, I, a, I don't yeah, think, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think there's a, um, I, I don't think, I don't, I can't think of one. I, I just, I think they broke his confidence and I don't think they did it intentionally. I think Jimmy kind of did it. I think that Pat did it with his response to my question where I said, uh, after media day, because I heard that this one didn't go over particularly well when I said after, because Duncan had had said he wanted to start closing games. Uh-oh. And so I asked Pat about that in a very positive way. And Pat's response was, well, if he's on a bad team. And I'm like, what? wait, where did that come from? <laughs> that man can't uh, help and, himself. <laughs> no, I just, I, I think that you had a guy who um, had an elite skill, but had a bit of imposter syndrome because he, he you know, where he came from and all the rest of that, maybe not complete confidence in himself. And, and I just I, I think they gave him a lot of confidence with the dribble handoffs, with the connection with Bam, with running so much of the offense through him. And then I think as when he hit a snag, he just couldn't get it back. And I don't know necessarily that some of the other stuff helped him. The trade talk certainly did not help him. We saw that when the trade deadline passed that one year, his, his numbers went way up the next month. So I don't know. I just don't think it – I talked to him in the Bahamas. He seemed pretty confident he was going to have a great year. I don't really think they've given him an opportunity to have a great year. Honestly, this and he doesn't even look, play with Bam. Like when he plays, it's it's never with Bam. I think they're done that on purpose. I don't know for sure, but That's I almost feel like, evil, dude. <laughs> no, but I, I don't think I don't think it's to hurt Duncan. I think it's to get rid rid of Bam's crutch because I we, we saw that that Bam would basically try to get Duncan open instead of the reverse, and that I mean Bam's your franchise player. Like That's that so that funny. it can't be that direction. Because like you know, Ethan, his spot up numbers stink. Duncan's. Yeah. I know. And his pull-up numbers are awesome. He's like 53% on pull-ups last time I looked, and he's like 25% as a spot-up shooter. And I go, what in the blazes is going on here? <laughs> I know. It's weird. I know. It's fucking weird. Shout-out to, by the way, shout-out to chat. Uh, we got a raid. Uh, shout-out to um, shout out to the Raiders. I, I lost your name. I'm, I'm scrolling up to find it. Um, we appreciate it. Ralph, shout-out to you. Come in. Uh, crowd, key fans, and, the, and they're happy. Uh, people are, are not happy with Dunk with Max in the ninety million range or Duncan's podcast as as they do. Uh, one one chatter asked earlier, Ethan uh, DM DMA fourteen. Are they still interested in Grant Williams? Because I know uh, Leif Greg had had kind of thrown yeah. that out there. No, they like him a lot, but, but he's you know, playing bad question. right now. By the way, yeah, I know, I know they like him a lot. It's a question of what kind of contract he's going to command, and of course he's going to be restricted. Have uh, they given up on the Heat Fitness plan? Because <laughs> Well, I don't think they did with Kyle this year. They tried not to. I mean, some guys are above, you know, I think some guys are above it. I don't think Grant Williams is above it. No, no. I just think um, They told JJ to to come back when you come back when you meet weight, bro. I know. I know. I I I know. But I I things <laughs> They're weird. They're fucking you're, you're, weird. You're, you're, you, you remember the Pat press conference where he came back and he said, we're going to get the culture back here. Remember that was after the, the JJ and Whiteside stuff. And, and they kind of did, but Jimmy set the tone with a lot of that. Um, now a different tone has been set because Jimmy's not playing as much. So it, it's, it's just been a weird vibe around the team the whole year. That's all. I'm not around them as much as I used to be, but I'm around enough. And I talk to enough people. I, I talked to a certain former Heat player who was in town a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to say who, but still talks to people, a lot of people inside the organization. He pulled me aside in the locker room and says, what's going on over there? That's what he said. And then we started to talk, and he said, it's gotten stale. It's just like after the bubble. Everybody's going to figure this out. But anyway, it, it is what it is. It's just like – Quentin Richardson that, told you that? Nah. <laughs> 
That's my guy, dude. I love Kiritz. I know. No, it just it just was it, it just hasn't been right from the very beginning this year. <laughs> um chat's guessing some good guesses i would say but i'm not gonna right. read them I, I, I do want to ask ethan though so is that kind of just a symptom of them, of them being together so long with them kind of running it back or is it just i i i don't think it's together so long it's that it's what this player said to me was sometimes you come back and the next year you expect everything to just turn out exactly the same and it just doesn't happen that way people have different agendas we kind of saw this in training camp you know everybody was talking about wanting you know more playing time or wanting to start or wanting this and and, you know, I asked Eric about it, you know, in the Bahamas and, and Eric, you know, was talking about how he liked the ambition, but it made me a little edgy <laughs> at the time. Like it's, it's just, you know, he's always going to frame things in a positive way, but it was kind of like, I, this is not totally heat like, and, and I just think that the transition to Tyler as a starter, and it's weird because Tyler's done nothing wrong. Like Tyler has played at a very, he's earned level. it, he's earned it, but it's just like the transition to that. It's the Lowry hero connection has never felt comfortable to me. I just it was positive. It. it was like plus five or something last year, and they started off really yeah. bad. They were like minus three, and they've come back up to positive. So right, that in the last month has fixed itself. But I I know what you're saying. Yeah, so it's just been a strange deal. But but again, I, you know, we can look at the numbers and all that. But also, like the numbers are not translating. They're not translating to wins. They're not translating. They don't blow anybody out. Like you mentioned it, when they win, it's one of these tight games. That's why their net rating is where it's at. Like they don't sustain. They can't anything. create separation from anybody, even bad teams. No, they they can't. They can't. And, uh, and and you know, part of it again is roster construction, but part of it is commitment. And I just I. You know, right now, without a move, they're probably a six seed. They may end up in the seven. Um, I, I just think I think they're they're okay, but they're forgettable. Are we I talking mean, disease kind of, of me, Ethan? This sounds like disease of me. I mean, there was a little of that. I think there is a little of that, and I think we'll hear more about it later. But I think when you see that Deadman thing playing out on the sideline yesterday, like that's different from the Jimmy Spo confrontation before. Like that that was because that was not about playing time or anything like that. That was about sort of, you know, tensions behind the scenes between two very strong world personalities who are leading the organization. That's different than this. This is a guy who was not happy about his playing time. And I can tell you, he's probably not the only one. And it's just, but again, you got to take responsibility. He hasn't played well. And unlike Duncan Robinson, you can't, Dwayne Dedman can't say, I haven't been put in the right position. I mean, he's literally being told to play what he's always played. Like there is no change. He's been getting his regular minutes. So until recently. So it's just, it's just been one of those years. Let's close out the show with, with talking about Lowry uh, because mm-hmm. I think that he has certainly I, – I think he deserves criticism, and I think mostly for the playmaking. I think the playmaking is down. I think the shooting's whatever. That's just – sometimes you're just going to – I mean, he hasn't been a bad shooter this year. He's just been an ass shooter this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the playmaking has certainly been down. I think a part of that is a product of – Tyler is getting a, a lion's share of pick-and-roll reps recently. And I think that's kind of taken Kyle out of that playmaking role. I think playing Kyle less with Bam has affected that as well. Kyle's usually playing with backups. And Jimmy, Jimmy, not the same roller he was by any metric or by eye test. Just not. And part of that might be health. But Jimmy's not really a screen and roll threat. So Kyle's been playing a lot with Deadman as a screener or, or young centers who aren't ready or Jamal Kane at the five or whatever wacky thing that's both or fucking Hay- Haywood Highsmith in the short role. Right. So I think there's a lot of factors to it, but at the end of the day, he's been an ass shooter. His finishing has gone through the toilet and he's not scoring enough. And frankly, there are some nights that you got to score more and this isn't, you know, you don't, you don't, sometimes you have guys out like they've had and you can't lean on other guys mm-hmm. to cover up, but you just do your Kyle stuff like against Brooklyn. Great example. 
you know, I thought he had a really good game and he just didn't score the ball enough. And I'm sorry, that's just not enough. So that's kind of where I am with him. And I think that anything beyond that is incredibly unfair considering they signed him to an over-the-cap move. Signing him didn't prevent them from doing other things, you know? Right. So I think people ang- like people on Twitter are calling it the worst contract in Heat history, which is just ridiculous. And I don't know. That's kind of where I am with it, Ethan. I don't know how if you – I mean, give- it's, not, it's not the worst contract in Heat history. It's just that, you know <sighs> – it's not even a bad contract in the sense of like it's not preventing them from doing other things. Well, that's that's true, and it's not true. I mean, you're, it presses you closer to the luxury tax. We know that that presents for sure. Things. But they wouldn't have had cap space next it, year it, either. It, as far as transactional, it's just here's my thing about him. He has had good moments. Okay, he's played very well at times with kind of the you know the undrafted the crew skeleton and all crew. That stuff. Yeah, right. But it's just there's just not enough consistent impact, and I, and I'm I'm talking about offense. That I'm with you. Is, I'm with you. Defense has fallen off a cliff. I, uh, I I would slow down on off a cliff. I think he's not the point of attack defender he was. Correct. But, well, but that's what they got him for. They didn't get him to be you know. Yeah, but they they got him and they close. He's guarding like Middleton guys. Like they they. But they, they're doing that on purpose though now because he because it, they wouldn't have Caleb Martin guarding the point of attack if they had Kyle doing it the way they expected him to do it. So I I do think some of that's played into it. I just. I, I don't I don't think he's really I just don't think he's embraced the whole thing. I, I just don't. Like I, I hear he likes Miami, the city. Me too. Um but it's it just it, no, but it just doesn't and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying he, he likes yeah. living here from what I've heard. I and I know he dealt with the personal issues last year, but it just doesn't something has felt off and even the comment about Pat, you know, it, at Media Day and everything, it just hasn't clicked. It, he just hasn't bought in the way Jimmy bought in. And it almost feels like he came because Jimmy wanted him here, but he didn't really want some of the peripheral stuff that Jimmy was 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 ready to deal with. And so it just feels it feels to me a little like Dwayne Wade in Chicago, to be honest. Like it's just like mm. you know that there were reasons to go for Dwayne. It was home for for Kyle. It was you know winning organization with Dwayne or with uh, with Jimmy, but it just it doesn't feel right. Like it feels like honestly, I feel like. Kyle should finish in Toronto. It's it's the other thing about Kyle is, you know, he really struggled to find his way in the NBA until he got to Toronto, right? He had he had he, he was a good player, but he had some problems with coaches. He has a he got to Toronto and it all clicked, right? It's just like when a place is home like that for you, and you go to a different environment, it's just not for everybody. Now I thought it would be for him, but it doesn't seem to me. He also was coming here after a year in which in Tampa, which basically Toronto just threw away. You know, the Raptors just threw away, as we know, because of their circumstances. So he wasn't playing at that. Kind of, I mean, it's really since the bubble. I, and and I so I, I just I don't know. Like, I, I think sometimes we're too hard on him because of what his role is and how many ball handlers they have. And I get it. But I just come out of too many games. and It's not just the stats just saying, what did Kyle do to contribute to winning tonight? And it's not as much as we expected. It's not twenty eight million dollars worth. That, I don't that's, I don't that's dis- I don't disagree with you, but. And Kenny, we've talked about this. Impacts are small. When we did our playback session the other day against the Suns, it was like he got them. He pushed the pace in certain moments to get them into an yeah. early an, an early seal in which even though they use 15 seconds of clock, like his kind of IQ and floor vision kind of gets them into those positions. So it's a bit of it's imperceptible. And part of that is me kind of caping for my guy because I do agree with everything that Ethan says. And I think I think. As Frankie has talked about, he's been relegated to more of an off-ball role, 
which I can't imagine that he's happy with. Mm-hmm. And part of that is like Tyler's fucking good, and you got to give Tyler the reps. Mm-hmm. And you know it is what it is, and you bat, you got to figure it out. You got an off ball screen, and if their shooting sucks, his off ball screening is not as important. So and and it's just it's been a bit of a disaster for him, Kenny. Yeah, and I I feel like so he does these little things that still like his IQ never went anywhere. Um, him pushing the pace, controlling the pace, those things are great. So I do give him credit for that always. But I also do understand that there are games where they do need him to score a little more, or at least try to. And I understand he doesn't have the ability to turn the corner like he used to. Um, but even like he can, I don't think he's embraced mm-hmm. being off the ball a little more because um, he he can be in. He did it with Fred VanVleet. So he can he can find his way off the ball a little more. I just don't think he really has yet, and I'm I'm not sure if he will at this point, especially at his age and just kind of I don't I'm he's this a, is kind he's of a, a surly dude. Yeah, I don't think he will at this point. I don't know how much just for a younger guy. I don't think he will too much, but I think it's gonna be better for the team if he does because if not, then it's just not gonna work. No, I, and I'm with you, and it's funny because something about Kyle, and this is not a bad thing, but somebody close to him told me uh, said. Kyle's an asshole, but he's our asshole. Yeah, that's what I said. That's Ethan. And, I literally and, and, told and, that to Brass, and that and that's what it's about. Um, so I, I just, you know, it's it's just like you're either gonna, you know, you want him to really embrace the whole experience. <laughs> Ethan, that's really describing that Al. It just it just hasn't happened. It, you know, it, I I think maybe if you had Kyle five six years ago, this would look different. <laughs> Um, but he's won already and, you know, and it's, it's, he's late in his career and he's probably a hall of famer already. And I just think, I, 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 I don't necessarily think we're going to see a big upturn. I think we'll see some games. I think Kenny's right. If he embraces mm-hmm. off the ball a little bit more, I think that will help, but I don't think it's going to be the consistency that, that he fans were looking for. Unfortunately. I do think that, and that's why I've experienced this season differently is I thought, I thought this iteration of the team's window closed when him hamstring exploded because i did mm-hmm. think that team was that good i thought he was playing really well he was mm-hmm. in the right role and i didn't care that people were complaining about the scoring numbers because i thought the impact was legitimate every night last season and this season age just age is a bitch and it gets you sometimes yeah uh, and tiff just said in chat last year was their year to one with kyle contributing at a high level absolutely and, and i've made so then this you know I get it, but you know, I hope you can. They can kind of figure some stuff out. Hopefully, if they get a four and their rotational stuff gets better, and and they can get a couple things, he can get back. I think he's he's not a guy who can raise the floor of anybody. Although he does take a bunch of undrafted dudes and G leaguers and makes you competitive. But I think on a night to night basis, it's hard for him to be that floor raiser that he was. But I certainly do think that he can help kind of get you over the edge in the right circumstances. So, mm-hmm. last thing, Ethan, before we go, are they happy with him as an organization? Because I know that that could be a little testy with, you know, I think I know how I've followed him for a long time, so I know how he could be. And I know that he might not go, he might not rub people the right way all the time. Have they been happy or have they just been like, eh? I mean, I don't know if it's been eh. I mean, I think that they'd like to see more consistent performance. I mean, I, I think that's that's notable. And They're and not they unhappy the is what you're saying. I mean, I don't know if that they're unhappy. Like, they're not like, like, look like get out of here or anything like that but i also <laughs> i mean i mean i mean, I mean th- th- this is this is this has not been a signing i think that when they look back on it i i understand the reasoning for it i understand the giving him the third year i understand jimmy's preference and again that's when we talk about not getting jimmy enough help you're like well you got his friend i mean yeah you know so i mean that's what he wanted lebron syndrome right but i but i think that i i look if they were expecting like tim hardaway when tim hardaway came to miami it hasn't been that that's all that's fair 
Not Ethan, consistently. Ethan Skolnick of Five Reasons Sports of Five on the Floor. Ethan, plug your stuff. What do you got coming up for the people? Um, five on the floor. Check that out. Of course, go to five reasons sports.com. Uh, and also spell that one out. And then five reasons sports on Twitter. Do not spell that one out. Um, and yeah, we, we're doing five on the floor, four or five times a week. We'll have hangover time once a week on our channel, uh, mixing and matching all of our folks here, but yeah, we're just, we're going to cover this team till the end. I mean, we're going to bleed it dry, but I, I wish they would do something, please. What's your text line so people can uh, people can can get into that if that's what they oh, want? Oh, yeah. So that's on the top of the Twitter feed. So just check it out there. Click on it. It's off the floor. Uh, it's winnow.app off the floor. But just go to the top of my Twitter feed. You'll find it. It's pinned. You could see. Yeah. You could, 305 it, a month. And first week is free. So everybody said, well, we're making, we're paying, making people pay for it just after the first week. Okay. <laughs> Tiff, I think Tiff came in late and she says, I want to come on when it's an all Struce episode. Well, Tiff, good news for you. Ethan thinks yeah. that Ethan thinks that Struce might be here next year. So your man, your man has a Maybe. chance. Your Maybe. man has a chance. Ethan Skolnick of the five reasons sports network five on the floor. Kenny, myself, we will see you tomorrow for pre-gaming right before he bucks. And then uh, after for hangover time, uh, also on the Five Reasons YouTube channel, and Ethan, I don't know if you're uh, somebody from Five on the Floor will be on with. Uh, yeah, we'll, with, we'll throw some. Yeah, well, somebody will be on, and uh, you know that's been us holding the heat accountable, unlike Troppy Baby. <laughs> <laughs>